What's up, guys? It's Little D from FMF. When I'm not mixing gas and hauling ass, I'm listening to Big MX Radio. Hey, guys, what's up? This is Andy Frisella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio. But when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO project, mfceo.com. I got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting shit done, and we can do it together. Hello? Welcome to the Big MX Radio podcast show brought to you by... FMF, and this is a surprise podcast with Hayden Halstead. Hayden, how's it going? Hey, buddy, how's it going? Not too bad, not too bad. A little bit of CanCon for the Big MX Radio listeners. Of course, you are the 19 machine on the MX 101 Yamaha 250F. Uh, First time we're having you on the actual podcast. We've had you on for a post-race interview, but uh, thought I'd just like grab your phone number, call you up. There's a good chance that you answer. We can talk a little bit about your season. Let's talk about it. Yeah, it was good. I uh, called me at the right time. I didn't know you were calling. You're pretty sneaky with that. Surprise (laughs) podcast. Here we go. Sorry. Episode uh, 610. Here we go. The season it went pretty good, man. Yeah, I, uh, top ten, top five finishes. My, exceeded some of my goals and uh, got a bunch of top fives and mm-hmm. and uh, just gained a lot of confidence this year. For sure, like a step forward. Um, like in the past. Uh, a couple of years, you've been uh, like you've worked as the truck driver for the team, and I, not to say that you weren't serious about what you were doing, but uh, y- your role was not a hundred percent defined as of your like you know what I mean like like it was um, the your, yeah. your your career like wasn't exact wasn't say like you weren't like the the Jess Pettis on the team so to speak, but this year no for like, sure. like you took huge steps forward as far as your training goes. Uh, I feel like somewhere you found some speed. I don't know if it was in your back pocket or if it was down uh, where you were training. You can kind of get into that a little bit before, uh, if you can uh, kind of tell us a little bit about uh, where you went to uh, to find some of that speed. But it seems like this year, like you had back-to-back top fives late in the season. Um, and, and then I think you had a bit of an injury to derail your the end of your season. But either way... Uh, really, really solid motos. You showed speed in qualifying. You showed speed at uh, my home track, Minnedosa. Like, uh, what got into you this year, man? Yeah. And don't I, say it's the uh, FXR gear. It's don't say a... it's FXR. What's that? Don't say it's the <laughs> FXR gear because it's not. Uh, they've been. Uh, it's not, though. Yeah, they they've been improving. Like I was just gonna say, I've been <laughs> kind of slowly improving every single year, and I've always felt a progression with myself so i never it's always easy to stay motivated when when you're seeing results i haven't really felt like i've ever kind of plateaued mm-hmm. so i uh went down to club mx this winter and spent two months down there i uh drove truck all winter and worked and made some money so i could get down there and train and take care of you know some real life stuff but uh it was pretty awesome down there and I think that's what I needed. I needed to be with the, some other fast guys and, and build some like real confidence. Cause I feel like when I would go down South by myself, you kind of just do motos or I'd say my weak points were starts and, and kind of raw sprinting speed. So right. it's kind of hard to get that by yourself. Like I, I feel like you, if you're just racing your own clock, it, you're kind of limiting yourself because you feel like, well, yeah, I just beat my best lap time by a second. But if, you know, like say at club, I was training with some super fast guys that are more than a second faster. So 
you got to get real fast, real quick. So yeah, you, you kind of get pushed to, uh, to you, you're pushing your limits farther than you would push them by yourselves. And I think that's kind of what I needed to get a little fire into my ass there. For sure. It, it just seemed like, uh, like the last time we saw you, or at least I saw you was at the Regina national 2017 and, uh, partway through the moto, uh, you, and I think it was Davey Frazier were like, like attached at the hip. And, um, and not, yeah. not to say that, uh, Davey's not a, uh, like a, a top, top guy. He's a very talented rider, but, uh, 2018, uh, Hayden Halstead, uh, a huge giant leap forward, uh, consistently, like I said, cracking into that top five, good qualifying times, and uh, definitely a jump forward. Um, obviously, the, the intensity's picked up, but also your approach to racing, has that changed at all? Yeah, I definitely feel like um, like I I deserve to be there. Like I, I, It's not that I, I don't think that those guys are or faster, or, or any different. So I definitely look at myself as the same as as those top five guys on the weekend. So I, and that just kind of comes with with my past results. Like I was saying, that it's kind of like you got to build that real confidence. I think everybody knows what their potential is, but you don't really you you believe in yourself. But once you know that other people believe in you, and you like truly. Uh, show yourself what your potential is, then it turns into real confidence. And you, then you know, oh, I should be up there. Or if you're not there, that you you know you can get there no matter what happens in the moto. So. For sure. Yeah. You've definitely taken that step. And, uh, and, of course, with that step, we're looking for a whole lot more for next year. No pressure. Your bike can certainly win championships. Um yeah, this this season has been a big step forward for MX One Hundred One. Obviously, I think that's uh, two championships in a row. No big deal. Uh, but uh, <laughs> and, and you've you've uh, kind of been an integral part of that. Not only racing for the team, but also working for the team and and driving the truck. Something that you're more than comfortable with with your uh, beautiful uh, cab, with your hardwood floors, TV, and uh, sometimes your <laughs> girlfriend sleeping back there too. But uh, yeah. when you roll that beautiful machine into a gorgeous landscape like McNabb Valley Raceway in Manitoba and just feast your eyes on the sprawling, beautiful track that they had built for you guys, uh, are you just like full mass, like ro- like just rock hard? Pretty much. Uh, yeah. It, when I, uh, we were staying in Brandon, Manitoba there the week uh, before the race at Jim Fredrickson's place. Right. And I, I think Manitoba is just a gem that no one even realizes exists. Well, like we turned the our backs on the GMC, so that's kind of why. Yeah, <laughs> the people there and the tracks are just, there's so much enthusiasm, and mm-hmm. I feel like every track I go to is, is like, built right and, and done right and big, and, you know, it's just, it's awesome. The dirt there is some of the best dirt I've ever seen in my life. So when we rolled up to McNabb Valley, I was, I couldn't believe it. It was insane. A couple hundred acres of golf course grass to park on and mm-hmm. probably one of the craziest, coolest tracks I've ever seen in my life. So I think that's pretty big, uh, something pretty big to say because I've been pretty much everywhere in North America. So 
No kidding. And I, I think uh, Brad McNabb taking the opportunity that this was, was his first national and uh, just absolutely do it right the first time. And uh, I, like I said to him, if that's how good it was the first year, I can only imagine what it's going to look like in a few years from now when uh, they have even more polished and maybe even an announcing tower for me would be nice. Uh, but um, uh, yeah, like what other tracks in Manitoba have you ridden? Like, I don't know if you've ridden Grunthal yet. That's one of our crown jewels as far as the uh, the soil's concerned, but of course you've also been, I imagine, at, uh, you've been to Jim Fredrickson's, but also the FXR Ride Day, which, regrettably, you wear FXR gear head to toe, but um, you, you've been to those ride days over at Milt's Place, where uh, the dirt is, uh, it can be chocolate cake, it can be rock hard, I'm sure you've experienced both, tell me about that. Yeah, uh, same with Jim's Place, it's all kind of the same, like, black topsoil, mm-hmm. and, uh, Jim's was, Jim's was a little had a little bit more sand in it. It was it was really chocolate cakey. But uh, um, McNabb Valley and the Mills Track are real real ruddy, and but it's it's more topsoil, right? so it's definitely softer than like a clay based Walton style track. Not that that's a whole nother animal itself, but I feel like the that Manitoba kind of topsoil is some of the funnest dirt I've ever ridden in my life. Awesome, man. Well, we're looking forward to having you back. You certainly go fast when you're having fun on two wheels. Um, if, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but it looked like you had a little bit of a like a chest back support going on in one of the photos that I saw you in this weekend. Uh, what's going on there? Uh, did did you have a little bit of a boo boo? What what? And, and I also noticed that you took it off for some of the photos, so maybe you. Uh, kind of like soldiering on to make sure that uh, you you wouldn't look back at those photo uh, not so fondly with your uh, in a predicament like that what uh, what was the deal with that yeah um, they had some big gigantic jump that day Chambeau was like a a big double and it was basically one hill to another it wasn't yeah, it's even not uh, to really be a like a, you guys made it one wasn't really you know a normal built jump um, I don't know who decided to really jump it it's kind of been kind of been done the last couple of years but it's been muddy so it hasn't really been like a like a staple or anything so this year a couple of guys were uh hitting it the week before in practice and on the tuesday and then um a lot of a couple of guys are making on stock bikes and stuff so i figured it wouldn't really be a problem there's definitely no room for error there's no safety or you basically have one bike length on top and then one bike length to land on on the other side and about one bank bike bit bike length to case it. So I hit it, uh, on my first heater lap and qualifying wasn't really a problem. It was kind of fun. And then I did a slower lap and I was on my next heater lap and I think I just must've hit it in the wrong gear. It had a really weird run and you kind of came off this hill and dropped in off it a bit. So if you were went a little fast off that, you would kind of be floating and you would lose some of your run. So I uh, actually jumped a little too far da- down that hill on the run in the first time, but I was still managed to land on top. And then the second time, I somehow think I must have been in second gear. And, uh, wow, just totally yeah, cased the crap out of the thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely a uh, rider error. <laughs> but... Uh, and you blame up, your teammate for that because I think he was sending it the whole day. Yeah, I know. He definitely Probably not in second gear, though. Third. No, a lot of third. A lot of third. 
but I ended up compressing my T uh, twelve and knocking some teeth loose and getting knocked out and having to get my uh, front lip stitched together. But uh, that's all pretty much healed up, and my my uh, back's doing a lot better. So that uh, brace is just kind of for comfort, and we were walking around and watching so much racing and stuff added on because my back was getting sore from doing so much and then some of those pictures i uh didn't want to have it on there so i ripped her off real quick <laughs> there you go yeah rip that thing off make sure that uh uh it's just if it's for comfort then you can you can take that off every once in a while even if it's like i say a yeah. or something uh yeah just take that off every once in a while but uh yeah that's a bummer to hear man like so you're, you're like with a stitches on the lip couple of loose teeth like you're looking more like you probably play like third line to the Leafs than uh <laughs> like maybe second to top spot on the uh on the team for MX 101 you, you look like a Canadian either way but one a hockey player or motocross is kind of a little different yeah I mean that one I was just at the dentist today because I think my one front tooth is is gonna die so I'm trying to well, I think it is dead, so we're looking at uh, what we can do for that. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be one of those guys with a retainer that everyone, ever, when no one's looking, you just like take it out and throw it in their beer, and you're that guy. <laughs> but uh, oh, that all my hockey buddies. I if if on any team, there's one guy that has a retainer when you're playing junior, and he just like dumps it in your drink, and he's an asshole. But um, <laughs> people don't read now. Really it's think, his drink. Yeah, it's just yeah. Now 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 it's his drink. But uh, um, that's excellent season for you. Uh, working into now, it's going to be Supercross. I don't like. Are you looking forward to Supercross? Like, I don't. I don't know. Uh, like, if you've ever really even ridden it, you've probably ridden some arena crosses uh, over here at the time. But uh, the arena cross is not Supercross. Uh, what are your thoughts going into that, or, or will you be competing in it? Let me know about that. Um, I think we're, it's kind of up in the air right now whether we're going to go do it or not. I gotta see what what the plan is, what everybody's plan is. Um, yeah, definitely, probably gonna go back to work as soon as I can, as soon as my box could hear. But mm. I uh, work for some really good guys, and they let me take time off pretty much whenever I want. So it's it's really nice working for them. But so I think I I could race it if I wanted to. I uh, definitely not intimidated by it. I think it's gonna be more like arena cross. I've seen the the layouts for the supercross ones and i know they got the pitting and stuff down on the main floor so it wouldn't it couldn't leave that much room for that big of a track so i mean i would rather a bigger track to be honest i think the racing's better and stuff but yeah okay I think they, so uh, the plan on so the plan pits on are gonna be on whole, the floor that's interesting so it will yeah, be basically gonna, like the what all that's really left would be basically an arena cross setup well, like as far as the square footage, they, they, at least they'll have enough room for like a a real arena cross, you know, like yeah, maybe a five lane or a six lane or something like that, rather than the uh, the three laner and uh, or I guess a, a four laner yeah. that is super narrow. I, uh, you probably raced a few of the uh, I know, yeah, you did race the arena crosses that came through in the winter, or no? No, I was down at club. That's I, right. Uh, okay, yeah. I didn't really. I mean, I didn't really want to drive all the way up here and race in the mud and i mean it, <laughs> the melting. It, i'm not 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 trying to t- talk shit with jetworks or anything but that's just you know that's just the way it was going and i didn't yeah. wasn't very motivated to come race that stuff so yeah. it's pretty focused on the outdoors and and we we're testing and training and mm-hmm. in full outdoor mode so i just 
kind of stuck with that and i think it paid off so <laughs> for sure obviously the 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 uh the the uh the proof is in the pudding actually the saying is the proof of the pudding is in the eating but either way the proof was made when uh you're knocking down these uh these these performances and i gotta ask you like when you're you're knocking down the type of results that you had had throughout the season like are you a little bit surprised at yourself like you said you're setting goals like you're walking into a day being like hey i want to be a top 10 guy and all of a sudden, like you're ni- you're nipping at the heels that are work uh, at guys that are on the podium, and you're like, "The hell's gotten into me?" Like, yeah, I mean? that's. I mean, I I kind of set my goals to break into that top five, and uh, I knew it was going to be a pretty pretty heavy goal to to pull through there. But I uh, was feeling good, and I knew that I was training with a bunch of fast dudes, and that I was definitely on pace if not a little faster so i uh just had some good confidence going into the season and got a got a whole shot at calgary in the second moto and just started a just just that's where i first kind of got the taste of getting in that top five so i uh had some good starts at prince george and led some laps there and was in the in the top five there a a whole lot that weekend and just kind of carried that momentum into the East Coast, where I, you know, it's kind of home for me. So we got to go for it and and uh, put the work in again there, and and did it again. And then, um, well, actually, no, sorry, Sandalee was first. I keep forgetting, and um, Sandalee was. That's where it really, really became real for me because I had to work like super hard to get to get that top five. I was battling with the. Uh, with all the boys there and they, they didn't seem like they were any faster really. And it, I know I, uh, most of the beginning of the race, I was battling with Osby and then he ended up dropping off and then, um, me and Moff battled the most of the rest of the race. So that, that race particularly, I, uh, definitely gained a ton of confidence. And then the second moto, I had a terrible start. I actually just watched it last night on the, uh, PVR there. <laughs> and, uh, caught back up real quick and um started chasing down joey and or um osby and canella but i was pretty far back but i i definitely caught him pretty good and was running a really really good pace so i uh definitely came out of there with like a ton of confidence and and believed in that confidence and knew that okay i didn't just get lucky or i didn't just get a good start like i just ran these guys down and battled with them yeah and you you've proved that all season long. It's very strong performances from you. Something that uh, I think that uh, I think myself and uh, Billy from Direct Motocross we kind of uh, did a bit of a preseason preview, and I, I'm not too sure if we said any nice things about you, to be completely honest. <laughs> and, uh, and but the, you just you go out there and week after week, kind of proving us wrong a little bit. Uh, the 19 machine. I think that you were you 19 two years in a row somehow. Yeah. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, it won't be this year. No, no, you're and gonna be, up, you're gonna be you're gonna drop that number and um and like you're gonna be well well inside the like you might not even be a teen anymore. Uh, that's a good feeling for a guy who uh, like I'm I don't know uh, what your amateur career was like coming up, but like uh, I don't know if the, like maybe five years ago that was really in the cards for you. That's a lot of hard work. Yeah, I I think it's kind of funny how your goals like. Uh, get better and better like that you know you're you're a kid and it's like oh maybe one day it'd be cool just to be a pro and then yeah i want to race national you know qualify you qualify for your first race oh man like it'd be really cool if i could 
you know, getting the top 15 and then the top 10. And then, you know, now it's like, I need one more spot and I can be on the podium. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so seriously. I feel like this is definitely the most hungry I've been for a goal to, to get a goal like that. So it should only, uh, should only be up from here. For sure, I, I literally listened to a podcast today where one of the, like uh, uh, one of like honestly one of my mentors is basically like you never really hit your goals because anytime you get close to your goals, you, you like your vision immediately goes to the next thing. So uh, now yeah. you're already starting to uh, looking forward to uh, next year, uh, like be getting serious about uh, being a podium guy. Um, do you think that uh, you're you would be if you do get a podium next year? I think that you will. Um, you'd be the first podium guy to have driven the rig to the, the track that particular day. Um, like, I don't think anyone else would have that, uh, that distinction. No, uh, definitely. I, I don't, I know there's a few guys that, that have, um, either driven or ridden, but I don't think anyone's, I'm pretty sure nobody's podium that's, uh, that's driven the rig. I know there's definitely privateers out there. I, yeah, like I maybe I like a personally don't dad feel, was probably done it out of the back of a truck, but like actually driven a yeah. rig there. That's different. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's still a lot of work. Like it, I know, I a lot of people tell, oh, you drive the rig and you you do so much, and but I I don't know. I you know coming from being a, a total privateer, I I feel like. Uh, it's just still. It still feels like a, a, I'm better off than what I was before, right by myself. So I get this nice rig, and I got a nice place to stay, and and yeah, I'm still driving. But I mean, to be honest, I I kind of enjoy driving, so it's it's not a huge deal to me. And I kind of work it to to be in my favor too. Like I, most of the time on the West Coast, I left on Sundays so I could uh, get to the next track on Monday and get some practice in on the the next race there. So that's yeah. I'm, I think that's a big advantage, like especially for um, Prince George. There, I went early, and man, me and uh, actually Alessi came with me. Alessi drove, and or he didn't drive, but he drove with me. <laughs> and uh, we worked, we worked starts there for probably an hour, and there was only and I he's think, good. Two other if you want to do a there. start clinic with anybody, <laughs> yeah. Well, it paid off because I, uh, well, I was leading laps with Prince George and had some pretty decent starts. So, so yeah pays off right on hard work pays off you heard it here first from hayden halstead hayden uh you've been a mainstay over at uh, mx 101 uh for a number of years now and i think uh 2019 will be no different unless for some reason uh another team comes calling but if they do uh is it is it contingent on whether or not you can drive their rig like if if, if pillars cowie calls and be like hey we want to offer you a contract 250 class what do you think and you're like only if i can drive the rig I want, I want, I want the, the, uh, I want to drive. I want my hardwood floors. My girlfriend's got to come with me sometimes. Like what, what's the story there? Well, I was going to say any other team on me deal, I'd probably, I'd probably shut it down, but they got a pretty nice truck, so they might be able to weasel their way in. <laughs> Fair enough. No, I'm pretty, uh, yeah, Gavin KT there, MX 101, uh, kind of man there and, his partner Johnny Grant, they're they're so they're so good to me, and they do everything they can. So I uh, I feel like I owe, owe some to them, and and uh, feel pretty loyal to those guys. So couldn't thank them enough, and it would it would definitely um, 
it definitely have to be a pretty big offer and to, for me to have to switch sides like that. Yes, absolutely. Uh, you do bleed blue, my friend. Uh, but uh, so this being the first year of the, the, the Rockstar Triple Crown Series for outdoors, obviously you didn't race the, uh, the, the arena crosses as uh, sometimes they were melting, sometimes uh, they were going in the wrong direction as far as my personal opinion as to which way you should ride an arena cross track. Um, and that's just my opinion, or so that's my opinion as well as maybe uh, someone that would know, like the noof. But either way, um, what uh, what was your kind of like overall take of seeing the, the the series, how it progressed throughout the year? Obviously, the first uh, first race, they were hours behind schedule, and by the time uh, things rolled into the final round at Walton, things were more of a well oiled machine. How did things progress in your eyes? Because you were basically uh, front, like you you had a front row seat for everything, whether it be setting up uh, each week and race day and whatnot. Uh, to uh, being a racer and having to deal with uh, the ins and outs of uh, uh, the series and stuff like that. So kind of give me your letter grade and how that all came together for you. Well, I uh, I definitely got a bit of respect for those guys. They uh, definitely bit off a, a big, big piece there. It's not easy to run a series, I, I don't think. So they uh, they got a lot of crew and a lot of guys, and, and they worked pretty hard. I... Uh, like I was saying with the arena cross, I think, I think that was kind of a learning experience for them and doing it up in Canada with, with, you know, frozen dirt and stuff like that. So I think they learned that lesson, but the, um, the show of it and the way that they, you know, did opening ceremonies and their TV program and their streaming, I think that was pretty hats off for that stuff. That was, you know, pretty wicked to see stuff like that and be real professional and kind of, you know, make it a little less grassroots stuff. So that was pretty neat. The, uh, outdoors, the first round, like I said, I was a little behind, but they, um, they definitely fixed everything up for the, the complete rest of the season. The, the parking was pretty awesome. Pretty much we're pretty, uh, lenient with that. Just kind of told you where to, you know, this is your spot and, Go ahead and park. So there that you was go. Pretty wicked. And you probably got yeah. Keith Primo parking like every time because you're there first. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, they, I liked it being. Um, they switched from the old uh, horn method, you know, kind of you know staging in 20 minutes to having a really strict kind of like the American style. If you're not in staging by this time, then you know you're yeah, so well. yeah. your gate pick, which. Which is nice because you can roll up, you know, a couple of minutes before everyone's on the same time, and and you you know exactly where you're kind of kind of pushing limits and stuff. You know, you know, they said 20 minutes, but nothing happens if you're not there. You don't lose your gate pick the, in the old way. So, you know, if a guy's double classing or not, he's you know he might be trying to get up there, but you know you might be you know a little late, and everybody else is waiting, and you know stuff like that. So it, it's definitely more fair to everybody to you know be clean cut time like that so i that was definitely better and and it just made the day run better too right so you can they can be more on top of watering and, and grooming and yeah. you know they know when we're going to be out there right they're not you know waiting and waiting for this and that every little thing and next thing you know it's five o'clock and the track's dry right Yes, sir. So. It, it was a well-oiled machine by the time it was done, and impressive, honestly, because they had a lot of new people in the roles they were in. Obviously, the the core group 
not new to motocross whatsoever, but they did have some people that were just new to running a series, and, and uh, especially of that size, it was going coast to coast to coast um go uh with the series is no joke and uh and you definitely saw the progression there um you'd mentioned being on television uh do your friends ever text you be like hey how cool is it that you're on tv right now i just saw you on tv and i'm watching tsn that's gnarly like uh and also like you were just mentioning you got to watch you get to watch it on the pvr so uh like how awesome is it to see your own motos uh as an archive like say for your top five finish you can go back and watch that uh, be like, yeah, that's the day that I, uh, I, I conquered the world a little bit. Yeah, it's pretty wicked. I haven't really, I just got kind of just got home. So I haven't really spent too much time, you know, sitting on the couch at home. And I, uh, like I said, I watched a couple of the races there last night when we got home from Walton and it's pretty neat. I, like I said, or like you were saying, I got a couple, a couple Snapchats and stuff when we were on the road of, uh, some buddies watching the races and, um, you got a lot of snaps of me uh, fist pumping there, my first leading my first lap, and pretty sure it's over the finish line. So I think a bunch of people thought that was pretty cool. And I think you were also and, uh, yeah. Said. No, not oh, this guy. I, I think not this guy. I, those are that's confirmed that you had tears in your eyes, but uh, neither here nor here there. That's fine. If you don't want to yeah, admit that, right? Maybe, now. maybe, maybe when the truck breaks down, but, but not, not <laughs> you're on the side of the you're on the side of the road busting your knuckles on those <laughs> on the. Uh, on the lug nuts, but, uh, yeah, no, that would have been cool, man. Yeah, it was neat. I definitely, I, uh, I had a split decision. I said, I, I was coming up to the finish line and I go, Oh, I should fist pump. And I go, Oh no, that'll look cocky. And then, and then I did it. And I was like, screw it. You only get to lead your first lap once. Right. So I go. was pretty excited. Just a ball <laughs> of emotion. That's awesome. I like that, man. That's, uh, uh, no, no, uh, no judgment there. If I, if I let a lap, I would probably, I probably would have just gone berserk and I, I probably would have tears in my eyes because I don't think, I don't think I have the speed to make a national, much less lead a lap. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, like hats off to you this season, my friend. It's been awesome to see you progress. Um, and, and you, you, you keep a smile on your face wherever you go. You take things with a grain of salt and you're also a worker. You're a worker B. You're a guy that's not afraid to go, uh, uh, set a goal out and, and, and see that there's a lot of work in place to make that happen. And you go ahead, you just go ahead and make that happen and, and do the work necessary. So my hat's off to you, my friend. And, uh, I'm glad we were able to, uh, connect on an absolutely 100% surprise podcast at, uh, uh, quarter to nine o'clock in the air. No, about nine, uh, 8.30, uh, your time. Yeah, I was sitting on the couch watching watching TV with the family there. there you so you definitely caught me off guard. <laughs> Dana said unknown. I, I, I was contemplating answering it or not. <laughs> oh yeah, well I, I well I, that's I did send you a text right before uh, asking you if I do have the right number for uh, Jess Pettis, which I don't think I do. Uh, either that or he's squirting my calls, one of the two. But uh, when I call people via <laughs> Skype, it shows up as an unknown number. So. Uh, more than a few people are like, I don't know if I should answer this. It's probably a telling. Well, I'm gl- glad I did. Awesome. Well, I'm glad. All right, buddy. Well, thanks, man. Hey, anytime. Uh, I know you've got an impressive list of sponsors. So uh, before I let you go, maybe you have a few people to thank before uh, just like leaving just like that? Yeah. Um, totally. MX101, the whole team, uh, FXR, no. Royal Distributing, Yamaha, they've all... Uh, kind of title sponsors of the team and definitely stepped up this year we uh had uh had some good support from those guys and 
and uh, definitely put put things to the test. We weren't easy on the bikes this year, so we uh, had a lot of help from uh, Alan Brown there. He was building our motors and Joe Skid working on our suspension. So there's a there's a big list, but definitely just my friends and family and my my parents and my girlfriend were at almost every single race helping me out. And that goes a long way for me because it's a uh, it's a lot less to worry about on on a Saturday when you're trying to do nationals. Uh, not having to worry about doing doing goggles if if it starts raining or something or you know getting yourself some food you know you got your mom there so everything everything's there ready and tastes good right <laughs> yeah, absolutely if you can get some home cooking that's uh, on the road that's always the better before I let you go you're a guy that's on the road all year you got to have at least one story your favorite story of the 2018 season going coast to coast is it you going like, is, it, uh-huh. is it driving with Michael Lessie who's probably a like a expert conversationalist not really uh or like what, what was it i want to know like is it was your favorite part driving with mike for like eight hours of radio silence or what was it uh, uh mm, you sound like you want to know about that drive i will I, tell you i probably do. i will also be thinking about another story okay um that that was that was a good drive we took uh my dad was with us my dad actually had three weeks off work so he was oh, kind of traveling around with me uh on the on the west coast and my girlfriend and my mom were, were flying in on the weekends but uh we had my dad and kale foster our, our marco's uh mechanic and and uh nick and uh which is uh alessi's mechanic there he's a good yeah. guy too oh, but guy. uh absolutely love that guy yeah it was pretty funny mechanic, we were all, by know, the way side note every race Completely takes Mike's bike apart, puts it in boxes. Oh yeah, yeah, he's 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 awesome. He yeah. works hard too. But uh, anyway, yeah, they're all hanging hanging out in the back. Uh, it's pretty big back there, and I don't know. It was pretty funny. We were like little kids and stopping at the the gas station, and you know, getting coffee or a little snack or some ice creams, you know, and seeing what we all got. And it was pretty funny. It was all funny until Mike decided to put country on. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, no thanks. So, like, who said? Like, he, the only time you get to to like, um, like control the radio is if he's behind the wheel. So, and I, you said he didn't drive. So, how did he get the uh, control of the uh, the auxiliary cord? Well, yeah, I mean, maybe when you're driving your own car, but when you're driving the rig through the the Okanagan Valley, there you're usually not working the music. So, right. I uh, I was I was the last person in control of the radio and. It got passed around and and ended up on uh, on some some country. I'm, I mean, I'm not a big country hater, but it was some uh, some some sappy stuff, you know. You not too and cool. me go fishing <laughs> in the dark. Like, yeah, nope. Uh, I could just imagine you bopping along. Very cool, my friend. Um, yeah, it's been uh, and what, like, what was your next story? You said you were going to think of something else. Trying to think. Um, let me see here. Just a sec. Hey, Dad. <laughs> hmm. Just, just getting ready for work. I'm trying to think. I, mean, going, I got a lot to work pretty late. Stories. Hey, he's on midnight. Hey, I'm on podcast right now. What's a good road story from this year? Anything funny happen? Time's ticking. This is great radio. Oh, okay. I got one story for you. It's definitely worth the wait. It wasn't this year, but it was my it was my first uh, first time going out west. I went out with uh, Mike Tosova. We were driving uh, 
an old Chev Duramax and we had a 20 something foot enclosed trailer with custom bunk beds and a homemade shower in the back. And, uh, I don't know why we're in such a rush, but we were just full out trucking out there and hauling ass and we were taking turns driving and sleeping and we basically never stopped. I actually remember his starter was kind of screwed up on his truck. We didn't even turn the thing off. We just filled it up with a running and never stopped driving. But we, uh, we drove to the States and when we got to, uh, we were coming up to Washington, through Washington, going into BC and I've been driving through the night uh, all evening and it was like two in the morning. I was super tired and it was twisty and dark and I've been stuck behind this car. He was doing a little bit under the speed limit, but he couldn't really pass. Right. So following this guy and following him and I'm getting a little, he's getting a little on my nerves and finally it goes to two lanes. So I put her to the floor and fly by the guy and I'm all happy and amped up. And, you know, I think I was doing about 180 and, just flying around this corner and all excited and all of a sudden boom it's all lit up i'm like holy cow i'm at the border and all the all the border uh guards are not the guards like the booths are there there's only three booths and i'm doing about 100k i come around the corner (laughs) so i got her locked up it's to the floor i'm pushing on the brake and holding on to the steering wheel mike wakes up he's yelling i slid right through the booth (laughs) put it in reverse and backed up to the guard and uh the guard was laughing so i knew that i knew that was a good sign because i was expecting a gun pointed at me but uh no kidding yeah breaking back into good guy yeah good guy i think he was pretty bored and because we uh he asked us to look to open the back up for us so he could see in there and we were showing, he goes, oh, like, started talking about the bikes, and we were there for probably half an hour just shooting the shit with the guy about racing and dirt bikes and this and that, and I remember I actually told him that we had to get going. <laughs> I said, oh, yeah, well, we better get going. We got to we gotta finish driving. Oh, yeah, no problem. So that's a, that's a nice base, uh, a Canadian border guard for you. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, yeah, they're, they're like I've I've had my uh, my run-ins with them as well. Actually, I think we uh, 2010 we brought back a 2009 Yamaha, and they're giving us the third degree about where that bike came from. So we had to be a little sneaky. Uh, and then every once in a while, when I get parts shipped to me, like I live close enough to the border, I can just go across, you know, get stuff. And they're like, "Well, how much was it?" And I'm like, "Well, it's free because it's a sponsor deal." They're like, "Well, Mr. Gebhardt, if everything was a gift." And no one ever had to pay any tax. The, the Canadian government would be, or the Canadian economy, economy wouldn't be doing so well. I'm like, yeah, Canadian economy is getting all fucked up because I'm getting free parts from FMF. You're right. <laughs> but anyway, um, always love chatting with you, my friend. We'll do this again sometime. I hope that uh, your back and your teeth and everything else get uh, uh, healed up quick and, and maybe we can see you... Uh, uh, at uh, one of the Supercross races, and if we don't, then I'd love to have you on as uh, as an expert analyst because, and then you can just talk shit on all your friends that are racing and you're not. <laughs> well, it's okay because we're buddies, right? That's right. <laughs> hey, like my my broadcasts on race day are proof that you can be about as mean as you want to your friends and still get away with it. Um, <laughs> always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you for making time for me on the Big MX Radio Podcast Show on this surprise interview on a Monday night. Thank you so much for ca- coming on the show. Uh, don't hang up just yet, but for podcasting, we're going to cut it off right there. <laughs>